nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Hello, I'm Constitutional Attorney Catherine Henry. Uh, good morning and welcome to this week's Constitution Segment Recap. This is the Constitution Segment Recap for week 45 of Restore Freedom Weekly. Normally I would say this is the Constitution Segment Recap for the full episode that aired this Tuesday at noon, but there were quite a few things going on here and uh, we did not air a full show this week. But I wanted to make sure to come to you uh, today to give you some quick updates on what's going on in Michigan and in Florida. And of course, in these ways, they're affecting the entire country. So uh, we're going to do this hopefully in our 10 minutes or less of our new Constitution segment recap video length goal. But uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. So uh, we did have some questions uh, that people had asked, and I'm going to see uh, Lori. I <laughs> um, and all the technical issues I was having trying to get into Melon today and whatnot, uh, and the fact that my computer started over and closed all my windows. I had up and prepped. I forgot to uh, open the page that had the questions that had come in. So if you could throw those in our um, even our private chat so I can read those. That would be wonderful. So we did ask for you guys to send your questions in that related to what happened on Tuesday uh, regarding statewide candidates or ballot proposals. And um, so we, um, uh, we wanted to be able to answer any questions that you had about those. Um, a lot of people were worried about different things of fraud they had seen. Some people were asking about um, the implementation or, you know, dates or procedures around the new constitutional amendments that passed in Michigan. Uh, so we're going to start with a brief, very quick overview of what passed, what didn't, who was voted in, who was voted out kind of thing uh, in Michigan and Florida, and then go right on into uh, those questions. So again, if you're just tuning in, I'm Constitutional Attorney Catherine Henry, and welcome to this week's uh, Constitution Segment Recap. I um, I guess I'm going to first start with Florida, in case you have not heard. Florida was a sweep in terms of the Republican candidates uh, for statewide races. So yes, that includes Ron DeSantis as governor, um, but also the other major state um, statewide offices that we talked about, I believe it was last week uh, in um, our episode, uh, the various positions that were essentially up for grabs. Uh, they have all turned red here in the state of Florida. So um, for those of you who love the Constitution, that's a bit better than having it uh, be a mixture of red and blue. Uh, but um, as far as uh, Michigan goes, of course, what they're saying is that um, Gretchen Whitmer, Jocelyn Benson, and Dana Nessel all were re-elected as the head honcho Democrats in the state of Michigan for governor, secretary of state, and attorney general. Uh, I could maybe understand why Tudor Dixon's race would be close or, or why Whitmer would win um, in some respects because nobody knew who Tudor was before the summer, basically. Um, so I get that she didn't have enough name recognition and things like that. 
Um, but um, as far as um, Matt's race goes, Matt's been in the race uh, for attorney general for quite some time. And of course, he's been receiving uh, national news attention for the work that he was doing in Antrim County and um, uh, in a couple of other respects. Uh, but Christina Caramo, my friend, uh, my dear friend uh, from the Detroit area of the state, I cannot fathom how it would have even been close, let alone how she would have, could have possibly lost to Jocelyn Benson, who has been keeping Secretary of State's offices closed and um, minimizing the ways that you can get appointments and even, you know, utilize those essential services that are required to register your cars and have driver's licenses and all those kinds of things. So at any rate, um, not to mention the way she's tried to throw out the Second Amendment and a whole bunch of other things um, requiring masks and, and whatnot. So anyway, um, that is the status of things, though, is that the final report is that the statewide races in Michigan uh, all kept blue, but Florida all turned red. Um, let's see. And let's see, I just wanted to check into our comments. We have a lot of people um, actually are commenting and watching here from um, YouTube today. We have, um, oops, scroll up here. Uh, Anthony's telling me that he's moving to Florida within the year. Uh, Gail is saying she wants to move out of Michigan, and um, Mama D2 says they cheated again. Uh, DB says we are looking for an escape from Michigan plan. Let me tell you this. Um, I wish I could really see you guys in a crowd like we used to um, do many times in 2020 in the hundreds of events that we had live across the state of Michigan and beyond. But I'm assuming that if I said, hey, for those of you who know my friend uh, Kevin Skinner, please raise your hand. I'm assuming most of you would have known who he was. Um, anyway, he was uh, on board with me at the beginning of the Restore Freedom Initiative campaign in Michigan in 2020, trying to get enough signatures to get us on this week's ballot. Uh, and he called me this week and said, you know, the best thing that could really happen is that basically all the patriots move out of these uh, fraud controlled states where they're securing fraud into the future, uh, move out of those states and uh, move into other states like Florida, Arkansas, um, you know, Georgia, wherever, and um, really make a, a statement or stake your ground in those states and have those uh, the work done in those states be the way that we could start taking back our whole country. And then, you know, there's only so much you could do in the areas where fraud is enshrined into the Constitution. So, um, you know, essentially bail out on those, let it fall as it's going to, and have patriots uh, band together elsewhere. So it might not be a bad strategy, um, but uh, let me see here. So, um Rachel, good morning, Rachel. She says, I'll be staying in Ottawa County to help make it the Freedom Sanctuary for Michigan. Uh, come on, Rachel, you promised two years ago that you were coming down to Florida with us, so I'm still going to hold you to that. I've been keeping my eye on some houses nearby just for you and the Ardeners and the Mosses. So um, anyway, uh, so 
All right, we have some questions today, but uh, I mentioned the statewide races. Let me give you the brief, uh, it's not gonna be a 10 minute video by the way, but we'll see what we could do about that so we can get it on the shorter platforms like TikTok and whatnot later. Um, but uh, we talked about statewide races as far as the Supreme Court justices go. Uh, Michigan was uh, status quo. So Richard Bernstein and Brian Zara are reelected to the Michigan Supreme Court. Uh, quite frankly, the Republican candidate uh, that was on the ticket with uh, Ryan, Brian Zara had um, nowhere near uh, like a third place uh, amount of votes. I mean, it was it was uh, a lot that was, you know, there's a big gap there. Whereas uh, the, I can't remember what her name is, Harris or something like that, that was running with Richard Bernstein on the Democrat ticket for the, um, or coming out of the Democrat convention on the so-called nonpartisan ticket for uh, state Supreme Court in Michigan. Uh, she was actually right up there with Brian Zara and uh, Richard Bernstein somehow blew them all out of the water. I have no idea how that is other than his family's on commercials all over the state. Uh, I don't know. Anyway, so... Um, it's at least a status quo. And Richard Bernstein is actually not the worst justice on the bench. So it's not that terrible. And keeping Brian Zara is key to any possibility of freedom going forward in Michigan. So that's good. Uh, as far as the justices in Florida, there were five up for uh, re-election, essentially, retention election here. And only three excuse me, only two of the of the five were worth keeping. And I was urging voters in Florida to vote no on the other three, uh, especially with one of them being a huge, um, you know, pick with the abortion rights groups, uh, even though he was supposedly put into place by a Republican. Uh, of course, that Republican was Charlie Crist back when he was a Republican, who is now a Democrat and just lost badly to Ron DeSantis down here in Florida for governor again. But at any rate, um, all five won that re-election or retention bid. So all five will be remaining on the court. And that is bad news for Florida and freedom down here. So um, as far as the proposals go, all three failed in Florida. And what does that mean? Well, there were two that were about property tax exemption things. One was actually going to be unconstitutional, as good of an idea as it might sound. So okay, that's that's good that they that one didn't pass. Um, and the other one, it didn't need to be passed. It was going to be beneficial. It would allow uh, property owners to employ flood mitigation techniques and not have increased property taxes because of that mitigation. Um, but we just finished up our second hurricane of the season that smashed the entire state of Florida. So uh, one of the main reasons why we didn't do our full episode on Tuesday uh, or even do this Constitution segment recap video yesterday um, but anyway, we um, we had a third one, which was actual number two, that was going to uh, abolish the Constitution Revision Commission, which is unconstitutional and needs to go anyway. Uh, so that's kind of it's a bad thing that that's still there. Although I think the next time it's scheduled to meet is 2037, so we do have a few years before that needs to be uh, addressed. Um, but of course, Michigan proposals one, two, and three supposedly passed. And that means um, that it's the opposite of term limits that actually got put into place. There's um, unidentifiable uh, 
requirements for financial reporting for uh, statewide candidates. And uh, let's see, proposal two that enshrined uh, voter fraud, uh, Zuckerbucks being used for you know, election day resources, um, the state having to pay billions of dollars for uh, postage and printing of absentee ballots to voters all across the state in every single election, uh, and a wide variety of other things. I mean, uh, one of them being you can't really ever challenge what happens in an election anymore. Um, that, though, I um, am thankful that I I decided to reach out to our friend Patrick Kolbeck, who is one of the, the people leading the way on fighting the election integrity battle, especially with the fraud that we did see so far in Michigan in 2022. But um, anyway, he was uh, not quite aware of that 45-day uh, uh, imposition of that ballot proposal. Uh, but that is the case for all three of these. Any legal or constitutional challenges that will be made to proposals one, two, and three that just supposedly passed in Michigan uh, this week, those will go into place 45 days after the election, which I didn't quite do the math. I want to say maybe December 19th or something like that. Um, I forgot what the date was, but at any rate, you're looking at 45 days from this past Tuesday. That's when those go into effect. So all challenges need to be done before then. What does that mean? That means if you have any information on fraud or any other illegal activities happening uh, revolving election day in Michigan for um, this week, please make sure to get that information to uh, your local sheriff's office, as well as uh, reach out to Patrick Kolbeck and his group. Uh, he's working with a few different groups, but he will make sure to get the information where it needs to go. Uh, I may have him on the show on Tuesday to go much more in detail about what those resources are, but you can Google Patrick Kolbeck and find his million and one activities that he does uh, to fight the freedom fight. So at any rate, um, we are already over 14 minutes. So what I will do is essentially close this out and then uh, I will uh, actually continue by answering those questions that we had earlier um, but that way this could be a standalone segment. So with that, I thank you for joining us for uh, this Constitution segment recap to find out what has actually happened in the 2022 general election in Florida and Michigan on statewide races, proposals, and um, uh, Supreme Court justices. So thank you for joining us. And uh, remember, the battle's not over on Prop 1, 2, and 3 for Michigan that supposedly all passed. Uh, and it's certainly not over for those things that were supposed to pass in Florida that did not. There is definitely a lot of work that the Patriots need to be doing, and that means you. Uh, so thank you for joining us today on this, and um, I will see you on Tuesday. So for those of you who are sticking around to hear the answers to the questions that were posed, uh, let me see here. Is there any way to repeal Michigan's Proposal 3? That was the first question that we received. Uh, the answer, <laughs> technically, okay. So the way that it should work constitutionally is, well, we had um, Michigan Supreme Court already took 
one one bite at that apple, right? They already uh, addressed proposal three, and that was the time that they should have addressed the question of if it even passes, is this going to be constitutional? And they chose not to do that. But to me, that says they're they're totally fine thinking it is constitutional. Otherwise, the issue would have been moot if they would have said, hey. Uh, we're not even able to decide the question about whether it should be on the ballot in terms of all the, the, the mistakes and errors and things in the petition itself, because if it does, if it were to be put um, into play, it's not even constitutional. Uh, they could have and should have done that. But you can make a challenge to the Michigan uh, Supreme Court in a variety of ways. Uh, it could be challenged then to the U.S. Supreme Court. Why? Because one of the many reasons, uh, it violates the U.S. Constitution. Yes, if that goes into effect in the Michigan Constitution, that part is legally constitutionally void and no one should have to follow it. No one would legally have to follow it. However, the games that they all play, we've seen how this works and they're going to claim it's constitutional because it's in the Michigan Constitution and it's, uh, you know, the U.S. Constitution is it doesn't. Um, matter unless the United States Supreme Court says that the Florida or excuse me, the Michigan proposal three changes are unconstitutional. And then because they put that severability clause in there, they're going to claim that, oh, well, if only this part was found unconstitutional of Prop 3. So these other changes get to remain. Well, let me tell you what it 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 tears apart. It, it obliterates parental rights. It endangers children like physically, literally, imminently dangerous children in a variety of ways. But it also imminently endangers women because no longer are there going to be safeguards, medical safeguards for that you see everywhere else in the healthcare industry, over-regulation of the healthcare industry. Those are all gone. Anything to do with sterilization or abortion or um, um, sex change operations, anything like that. You supposedly have this inherent right to do whatever you want and that anybody can be able to assist you as long as they're calling themselves a, a professional in that matter. Then uh, there's no training, there's no education, there's no expertise involved. They could just put on a badge and say, I work for Planned Parenthood now or I open my own abortion clinic and I'm here to serve you. And then there you go. Uh, somebody could go in there and not have, and the thing is, if, if, say, the health department were to be called to one of these facilities uh, and there's, you know, maggots and, and mice and, you know, the worst, you know, mold all over the walls, whatever, you name it, that the utensils are not, you know, surgical instruments are not cleaned or uh, cared for in any kind of standard medical practice type of way. Guess what? The way this is written, those facilities cannot be regulated. They cannot be <clears throat> punished in any way. They cannot be shut down. Uh, the way this is written. So uh, that is a huge, huge problem there. Um, but <clears throat> aside from the health issues, aside from the, the imminent risk, aside from the parental rights issues, um, there's the obvious. Uh, first of all, for those of you who were super happy when the Dobbs decision came out, overturning Roe v. Wade and KCV Planned Parenthood and all the rest, and you're like, yay, because it's going back to the states and that's where it should be. It should be going back to the states. No. Where in the freaking U.S. Constitution does it give anyone the right to kill people? 
Wake up, people. If you think abortion is a state's rights issue, show me, number one, where states have any rights whatsoever. And you show me, number two, where in the U.S. Constitution does it allow for murder to be sanctioned and allowed by the states as long as they decide on an individual state-by-state basis? It does not. It is not a state's rights issue. It is a human decency, a human being, a Fifth Amendment, a Fourteenth Amendment, a God-given liberty issue. You cannot be denied life without due process of law, and all of those babies are being denied life without due process of law. All of those fathers are being denied parental rights because their babies are being murdered and they have literally no say. I mean, the list goes on and on about the ways that it is totally inherently unconstitutional and is not a state's rights issue. So please keep that in mind. Please keep up the fight. Um, make sure you're doing everything you can to donate and support uh, facilities like um, PRC, Pregnancy Resource Center. They have uh, Grand Rapids, Wyoming, Lowell, um, Alpha Women's Center, um, the what's um, Kristen Polo's um, Michigan Students for Life or something. I can't remember what her organization is, but it's great. Um, I've known her for six or seven or eight years, something like that. Um, great organization as well, where they go onto college campuses trying to educate uh, women and, and students about, um, you know, um, the right to life and alternatives to abortion and that kind of thing. Make sure you're being the hands and feet of Jesus and supporting women who are in those situations and offering them love and guidance and help, physical, tangible help, prayerful, prayerful help. Uh, spiritual help, uh, you know, invite them to your church, invite them over for a meal, uh, you know, ask if you can drive them to doctor's appointments or, you know, provide some sort of prenatal care items or, uh, you know, items for um, after the baby is born, you know, host a baby shower for uh, a local single mom that you know who doesn't seem to have a good support system. It doesn't matter if nobody knows who that person is. You can't find uh, 25 to 50 women who would be willing to support a mom who's on the cusp of deciding between abortion and life. Uh, does she have support to carry this pregnancy through and to, to be a mom? Uh, or does she, you know, think that nothing good is going to come of it? She has no options, no support and she doesn't want to bring a baby into the world under those circumstances, uh, you know, be the light in those situations and provide that support and that love while we're fighting the constitutional battle. We have to be fighting that spiritual battle as well. And that includes being the hands and feet of Jesus. So um, make sure you're doing that. Um, but make sure you are doing everything you can within those 45 days that I mentioned earlier to um, you know, to bring evidence um, to people like Patrick Kolbeck, so that their lawsuits can be uh, organized and filed efficiently, uh, and some changes can hopefully be made. Unfortunately, I think uh, when lawsuits are filed, it may end up being 
Uh, I mean, because you could have election fraud type of lawsuits that could and should be filed, uh, but you can also have lawsuits that are challenging the implementation of these ballot measures and that they're all unconstitutional, which they are. Uh, and unfortunately, with those challenges, I think whether it's the S state Supreme Court or the U.S. Supreme Court, even if the courts are to say, OK, it's unconstitutional in this little part, what they're going to do is say, well, but that little part can be cut out and all the rest of it stays in the Constitution. So it uh, doesn't mean it's constitutional. What it means is it's bad news and the fight is an uphill battle. And now is the time to try to do something here in these 45 days after the election. Now is the time to do something. Uh, somebody asks about how does the hormone and sterilization language in Proposal 3 affect the par parent-child relationship? I went over that in huge detail in week 39 in our full episode and Constitution Segment Recap, as well as week 40. And that Constitution Segment Recap, I have a, a PDF document I released out there that kind of has the outline format of what we talked about. Um, essentially, what this person is asking then, too, is can a pro-trans activist intercede on behalf of a child if he or she wants to transition and the parents don't want the child to. So, you know, let's say you have a child, let's say it's a 12 year old child and they want to have a gender, uh, a transgender, you know, surgery done uh, to go from a boy to a girl or vice versa. And the parents are adamantly against that. It's against their uh, sound medical judgment. It's against their um, religious beliefs, you name it. Um, and you have this random third party, somebody at their school or some LGBTQ activist who just attaches themselves to this child and says, I'm going to be their advocate and I'm going to go help them get this surgery. Uh, the way that it's written, yeah, the person who's assisting the child in procuring those surgeries or services could never, ever be charged with any kind of um, it, you know, inappropriate relationships or endangering a minor or anything. They can't be charged with anything criminally or civilly because they're helping the child. And the parents, on the other hand, are not allowed to, according to the way this is written, they're not allowed to intercede, interject, stop it in any way. The parents have absolutely no say whatsoever about a child wanting to uh, tr transition their gender or utilize sterilization procedures or abortions or uh, anything else for that matter. So um, parental consent is now 100% overwritten according to the language of Proposal 3 as supposedly adopted in Michigan. Um, somebody else asked, can Proposal 3 be challenged due to not having the proposal posted at precincts for voters to read? Um, I honestly don't remember what the specifics are about that. I'm pretty sure the language is not in the Constitution. Uh, therefore, if there was language that required it to be posted, it would be just in state statutes. And, well, shoot, the government breaks the law all the time and nothing ever happens to them. So I don't think that's going to be a good challenge to bring up on its own, but perhaps supplemental to those other election fraud challenges, it should be brought up. So bring any and all concerns like that and evidence that you have of those, uh, like I said, both to your local sheriff's office and to those organizations uh, like the ones Patrick Kolbeck is working with. Um, somebody says, I observed a poll worker at the tabulator with an arm op uh, an armload of open absentee ballots, feeding them 
into the tabulator without supervision of any other person, without any other witness seeing what's happening. And then when a voter wanted to walk up and submit their ballot, the employee just walked away or poll worker just walked away and kind of stood holding these um, without them being enclosed or anything like that. And then after the voter was done, they went back and started feeding more absentee ballots in. Is that the way that it's supposed to happen? No, it's not. All of those kinds of challenges need to be brought to somebody like Patrick Kolbeck um, because he is, like I said, working with all these organizations, uh, legal teams, you name it, of people that are going to do everything they can to challenge any illegality or, uh, or improper procedures done in this election. So please bring any evidence your written statements. Uh, you could start by just doing an email and then they'll let you know uh, about the procedures of, of getting a sworn statement and that kind of thing. Um, okay, let's see. Um, do the proposals start now or in January? Um, that is a question um, from Taylor J2420, I believe, uh, on, must have been on Facebook or something. But anyway, that was a question that, uh, when do these start? Again, if you missed that part of this recap, the proposals in Michigan, so all three in Florida failed, all three in Florida supposedly passed, and at this point are scheduled to go into effect 45 days from election day. So that puts it in mid to uh, late December, that 45th day. Like I said, I, I had done the math and totally forgot what the date is right now, but um, that is when those will go into effect. So any and all challenges have to be done within that 45 days now. Why? Because of course, proposal two is essentially trying to obliterate any right of residents or citizens in Michigan from challenging anything to do with the elections from now on. Once you're in power and you have the Secretary of State's position and whatever, that's it. That's that you have all the power. The people supposedly have no power to challenge or do anything anymore. Uh, and that is, it's not okay. Um, let me look though about, um, man, we have had a lot of comments today. 30 since I last checked our comment page here. Um, and okay. Um, Donald Williams on YouTube says the people have all political power. Why would we? I'm not sure if the message came through all the way because it did not. Um, Anyway, as long as Dominion machines are being used, there's no reason to vote anymore. Here's the thing, people. There's always a reason to vote because the more patriots stand up and say, I'm sick and tired of this crap, and I'm going to get 100 more people to vote between now and the next election. I'm going to make sure I am on 100 people that typically don't get up and go to the polls. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to nag them every single day. I'm going to do whatever it takes to empower people, to get people physically to the polls or whatever, utilizing the absentee ballot process. I'm going to make sure that at least 100 people are going to vote. It's going to be patriots like you that need to make that happen because your little change to get 10, 20, 30, 100 people voting is going to make a difference because then you get more and more patriots ticked off and more and more patriots after this and doing what they can within the bounds of the law and the constitution, then they're going to have to up their ante on all the, the, 
the voting fraud and all the messing with the tabulators and everything else that they're doing, they're going to have to increase the amount of ways that they are lying and cheating and trying to steal what's happening. I'm going to not put certain words together so I don't get banned off of all the platforms at once here. Um, but it, the only way to make that happen is if patriots stand up, continue to stand up, and just keep fighting, keep being in their face. You know, <laughs> for those of you who might have known me back when we lived in Belding, tiny little city of 5,000 people in Ionia County in the center of the state of Michigan, basically, um, we, uh, I was asked by Craig Krabessa, yes, I'm calling you out, dude, if you happen to see this. He knew me from the Chamber of Commerce, and I was an attorney in town, very small town, like I said. Uh, he lived not that far from me, and right after Emma was born, I mean, I'm home I'm nursing all the time at this point. I'm just, you know, being very low key. I'm not even working on any of my uh, client files yet at the at the moment because I had worn them all. I was going on maternity leave, um, and because of course I was still doing a lot of private practice work at the time. Anyway, he tells me about this situation, begs me to read this FOIA request uh, that he had put together, and he got some answers. And the city manager that we had just hired in Belding was atrocious and she was violating people's rights like you wouldn't believe i mean uh, the, uh, i can't even i can't even start to tell you right now because it would take me a whole hour the amount of things that she did were so insane i mean literally viciously picking on people any single law that seemed to conflict with her um absorbing even more power and control in our city uh or standing in the way of her political ambitions uh man uh, she was going to, you know, run rickshaw right on over that and every, anybody's rights. And so I just started standing up at every single city council meeting. Me and about 15 other people in this small town started going every single meeting. And you only get your three minutes at those meetings at, in Belding. So we would make sure to utilize three minutes, three minutes, three minutes, three minutes. And I would hammer on, not you guys are all a bunch of assholes. That's not what I would say. I would get up there and I would say, hey, you guys really need to do something here because your city manager is violating this particular law, this particular part of our city charter, this part of the constitution. And each week she was violating more laws. So it was, hey, this law. And then I would say, and here's the way to fix it. Here's what's happening and here's the way to fix it. Don't be one of those people that just stands up yelling, complaining and ah, you guys suck. It's terrible. It's all fraud. No, tell them a way that they can fix it. So in every single situation, especially at your local government, you guys better be going to your school board meetings now, your county commission meetings, your township board meetings, city council meetings. You guys better be going in droves. Don't be lazy about this. This is your freedom, people. Start going to these meetings, going regularly, and be able to articulate. I don't care if you don't like to speak in public. I hate speaking in public. You know what I hate more than speaking in public? Speaking on video. Because then it's out there for the world to see and all my mistakes and faux pas and everything that was wrong about my hair or my acne that day or whatever, it's out there. And guess what? I hate it. I've hated the last two and a half years of doing these videos. But do you know why I do it? Because I love freedom. I love my freedom. I love my daughter's freedom. I love freedom for all of my kids and my sisters and my brother and my everybody. I want to know that I'm doing everything I can in my power during my entire lifetime to fight for freedom. I'm not getting paid a dime. Donations is all but dried up. So all of 2022, I've pretty much been spending 
any money that Mike thought he was making at work, I'm spending it on this kind of software to do these videos, on you know our, our newsletter software, on the plugins and whatnot for our website. I mean, you name it. It's hundreds and hundreds of dollars every single month to do this fight, and I'm getting paid zero to do it. And we're not made of money. <laughs> we're definitely not made of money. We've uh, typically... Uh, been at less than $50,000 every single year combined uh, for the entire time that we've been married um, as far as our tax returns go because I've always worked in public service type of work. I've always been willing to uh, take less money to do what's right. And I'm asking you guys to make those kinds of sacrifices too. I know times are tough. Everything's harder now than it was two years ago, four years ago. But it doesn't matter. We got to do this together. And it means going to those city council meetings. It means challenging anything that seems wrong to you. And, you know, yeah, you're not going to be able to read every single law super quick. But man, if your instincts tell you something's wrong, do a quick Google search or do a quick search on your, uh, if it's Michigan, for example, the Michigan legislature website, type in a few keywords, see what you can pull up. Maybe something will just hit you and go, oh my gosh, I knew I was right. That was inherently wrong what they did. Um, look back at videos we've done. We're going to make sure by the end of this year that all of our prior videos, hopefully all, are going to be fully searchable on our website so that whether it got taken off of YouTube and you got to go to Rumble or whatever, uh, maybe you're someone who typically watches on Facebook, that's fine, but you will be able to, to search by keyword and find every single post we've done, all the freedom fighting tools we've shared. Um, all the way to get involved challenges and all the videos we've done to explain these things to you. We're going to have those searchable by you uh, right on our website. And uh, quite a few of them are already there. So please make sure that you're utilizing those resources and you're, you're reading the Constitution. Read the state Constitution. Read the U.S. Constitution. Make sure that you know more, a little bit more and more each time you go into those meetings. And make sure you're going in. Go physically if you can. Because let me tell you what, people watching, I've served on the seventh largest township board in the state of Michigan. Okay? And when you have people that are watching on YouTube, big whoop. I mean, it's it's nice to know that people are at least engaged in that that sense, right? But when you have people sitting there in the audience staring you down and you know what they're there for or you're, you're thinking you know what they're there for. And man, it's like even somebody like me knowing that somebody was in the audience waiting for the opportunity to stand up and have their three minutes to try to shred, you know, rip me to shreds. It's not good. Like you don't feel good. You feel anxious. You feel nervous. You feel, even, even though I knew I was doing what I needed to, I was doing the right thing. I was fighting for freedom and I was fighting for the people in my township and I was going to do what needed to be done. It's still, it's nerve wracking. And to see those people physically there and you got to look people in the eye, I'm glad they were there. And I'm glad that all the other people on the board next to me, especially the ones that forget how to read or even spell the word constitution, that they had to face some of those very same citizens and citizens that love their freedom and didn't want it to be taken away by the local government because it's not supposed to be that way. That's the kind of interaction you need. You need to be able to go and have face-to-face -face with those people. And if you can't ever make it during the meeting times, go ahead and call and email them or uh, send them a written letter. 
yes, those get through. Um, you know, do record a video and send it to them so they can see you and hear you. Uh, whatever needs to be done, watch the videos on Zoom if you need to. Um, but make sure that they know you're watching and make sure that they know you're going to hold them accountable. So at any rate, that is the best thing that we can do. Um, and you better, Rachel. Rachel's saying she may still <laughs> end up in Florida with, with us. Uh, you better, because that's what we talked about. Um, our small group is uh, definitely going to come down here. Um, all right. I am looking to see... Um, <laughs> so Rachel says, hmm, Florida natural disasters, meaning the hurricanes, or Michigan ones, the three witches and the three proposals. Let me tell you what, Rachel, the state bands together unequivocally Democrat and Republican to fight against or survive these uh, natural disasters down in Florida. So there, that's already a positive. Uh, number two, this hurricane that we just had was not as bad as Hurricane Ian by far. It's just for those who are already compromised by Hurricane Ian, especially those that are right on the beach. Um, I know of at least six houses within a five-minute drive of me that fell into the ocean after being there for 80 years, 60 years, that they have fallen into the ocean. There are hotels that are falling into the ocean. Um, condos that are at risk of falling into the ocean, even now, because it was so bad, so quick, one right after the other. In, in, in storms, Ian was a storm like we had never seen before in this area. I mean, never. And then you have her, Nicole come right out after that. I mean, it was just insane. However, I could tell you that it is a good feeling when that hurricane is finally over and you're going outside and Democrat or Republican doesn't matter, you're going outside and making sure your neighbors are okay. You guys are picking up together. You guys are, you know, bringing water or supplies or whatever to your elderly neighbors, whatever the, it's, it's a bonding experience and we can, we can get through this together. But don't forget those of you in Michigan, like my sister, who is down here and hates all the stuff that's going on in Michigan. And she moved here before a few months before we did last year. And now she's like, Oh, I can't stand the hurricanes. I'm going to go back to Michigan. Uh, polar vortex 2019. Anyone that's not the first time or last time that's ever going to happen. Uh, and guess what? If you lose your power during one of those, you can't just be outside and hang out and get fresh air. Shoot. When we lost power after hurricane Ian here, we were totally fine. It wasn't too hot. It was like around 72. It wasn't too cold. We were able to cook outside on the grill without having frostbite on our fingers. I'm telling you, uh, it's a lot more deadly and scary in Michigan, either way you look at it. But um, at any rate, um, okay, I want to make sure there are no um, questions or things that I am not... Um, able to, I want to make sure I'm not skipping anything. Um, let's see. Oh boy. Um, there are some links that Lori posted for us on uh, YouTube. I can't tell here if it's um, if she got them on Facebook too, I have a feeling guys, um, cause there's always people that comment at least on Facebook. I'm not seeing any Facebook comments today at all. I'm only seeing YouTube. So, um, anyway, I, 
um, if I if you are on Facebook or one of the other platforms and your comments are not coming through in our streaming software, I'm really sorry. I'm not ignoring your questions. I'm not ignoring your statements of hi, you know, nice to see you kind of thing. Um, I I can't, um, I just can't see them for some reason today. Uh, I do see a question on YouTube uh, from D Zeller. Is there a way to help support Patrick Kolbeck? Yes, there is. Like I said, I don't know what he's got. Let'sfixstuff.org. That's one of his websites. Um, he has several different emails that all funnel to him. But if you Google Patrick Kolbeck, Michigan, uh, and you spelled his name correctly, you'll find a way to contact him. And you'll find, depending on what you're looking at doing, how you're wanting to support, you know, whether it's financial or volunteer, Wise, he'll be able to direct you uh, to the place that needs it the most. Um, let's see. Uh, and Ruth W., um, I'm assuming we got your questions answered then about um, the steps that need to be taken against Prop 2 and 3. Um, Let's see. Don't live on the beach. <laughs> no, Rachel, Rachel, you're, um, you crack me up. So my lovely friend, uh, Rachel Atwood, Rachel Sparkles, depending on how you know her, um, she's saying, don't live on the beach. We live a five minute walk to the ocean, but, um, shoot in a matter of, of weeks, we could have beachfront property. Um, and our house would go up by a million dollars of value. But at any rate, no, um, there are a lot of beachfront homes and communities that are okay. Uh, the the seawall makes a difference. Those people uh, that have over time put in those seawalls, you can see a seawall, all the rest is washed away. Your seawall is good and sturdy and fine and everything behind it is, is pretty much okay. Any stairs that might've gone past, it might be ripped off your deck or whatever. Um, but then those who just depended on the ground, the soil, the grass, the sand uh, to hold everything in, their erosion goes 10, 20 feet back um, much more. So it's all about be making those um, smart choices. Um, oh, we're not on Facebook. Oh, well, that's why we're not getting comments on Facebook. Something happened. I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, so <laughs> for those of you who were going to want to watch this on Facebook, I apologize. I don't know how it didn't connect. We'll get it posted after that. Um, all right. Um, how is the best? Well, oh, shoot. We just had a good question. Where did it go? Um Oh, dang it. Okay. So I don't remember who it was. It was somebody that I think had a, a first name that started with a G um, on YouTube who was commenting and asking about um, how to talk to neighbors that are Democrats. Uh, and I, I can't, it disappeared. I don't know what happened to that comment. So I can't answer that. Um, will Whitmer ever be prosecuted for the nursing home murders? I sure as heck hope so. But do you know why Nestle had to win in their crime family uh, is so that that didn't happen with Whitmer, but, um, oh, there it is. Gail, uh, what is the best way to talk to a democratic neighbor? Um, the best way to talk to them, quite honestly, um, I, when I don't know, or what I think I know, in fact, I, I, uh, there's a guy that I, I bought a lot of stuff from on Facebook marketplace, uh, new Smyrna beach. And, uh, in the little bits of conversation that we've had, I picked up on that. He's probably a pretty strong liberal, but I got into this really great conversation with him and his brother a couple weeks ago where they just happened to see, you know, my shirt or, um, 
and the signs on my car, one of the two. And because uh, I have all that great restore freedom gear that Rachel talks about in the videos for us every week. Uh, but anyway, it was uh, a good opportunity where he's like, so restore freedom. So, wh so what do you do? And I'm like, ooh. And then he asked something about the Constitution. I was like, all right, that's my ticket in. And uh, I started talking about it. And I don't come across as like, um, you know, oh my gosh, you know, liberals are terrible people. No, I talk about Republicans and Democrats all get it wrong. And, you know, essentially 99% of politicians are bad and they don't know what they're doing. They don't know the constitution. Lawyers don't know the constitution. Judges and justices don't know the constitution. State reps and, and those in Congress certainly don't know the constitution. Local officials don't know the constitution. But what we need to do is educate people and uh and so in having that conversation i mean i was probably talking to them like an hour and a half that one night and emma's just patiently waiting she's like i thought we were just picking up some some chairs some wood chairs to bring home and i'm like yeah and we get to talk about the constitution woohoo so anyway it was a great conversation a great dialogue back and forth um the best way is to start talking about but what freedoms do you enjoy do you want someone coming on your property to tell you what to do do you want somebody to, you know, take away your parental rights? Try to find those connections. Pick up in the conversation. Do they have kids? Okay, that's a good parental rights would be something they would want to talk about, right? They don't want somebody telling them how they can parent, what they can do and what they can't do as a parent. If they own property, talk to them about that. You know, whatever the case may be, find those connections and have those conversations. It is something that can be done. Um, <laughs> so... Rachel, um, Rachel Atwood. Uh, oh, oh, this was her Rachel unfiltered profile, though. So that makes a little bit more sense. Uh, she says best way to chat with a Democrat neighbor is to have a drink first. Uh, that might not be a bad idea to um, to have a drink, offer a drink to your neighbor, in fact, and and then sit down and, and chat and just build those relationships. Um, so uh, at any rate, um, I thank you all for tuning in today. I, uh, like I said, I may have Patrick Colbeck on on Tuesday. We're going to see scheduling and how things go. Uh, we're going to be doing some sort of election follow-up, but I, I really would like to give the floor to Pat to talk about um, the different things that he's working on and how you can get involved. I'd like to devote the whole episode to him unless something else comes up or we have somebody else we need to bring on or, you know, it doesn't work in his schedule with this, the things he's already taking on. Um, so um, in one way, shape or form, we'll bring more information to you in our full episode on Tuesday. Uh, in theory, this is going to be our last hurricane of the year. So I should be able to go right back on into full episodes and way to get involved Wednesday and Freedom Fighting Tool Fridays and all that other kind Kind of fun stuff. So please make sure to join us there. And if you at all uh, want to support what we're doing, we of course accept prayer all the time. Please pray for our mission to restore freedom here in, in our country. Uh, but certainly we could use your financial donations, even if it's $5, $10, 20, 50, 100, 500, whatever it is. Um, whether you're somebody who donated a lot in 2020 or 2021, um, or whatever, please, please consider a monthly donation. Uh, we totally redid the website. Now, uh, the donation page is finally, it took me an eternity because we had issues with PayPal and a few others. Um, but anyway, um, 
we we to I, I totally redid it and hopefully it's a lot more user friendly you can figure out what you want to donate to or how or where or whatever we have a way for you to donate to Lori so she could keep doing this work to help uh, ways if you could donate to us um, personally because of course it's hard for me to pay my you know my expenses and keep things running when I, I'm not taking paid cases anymore uh, but you can sponsor the, the whole episode you can sponsor one of these segments you can sponsor the weekly newsletter you can sponsor the whole website and uh, we're going to actually have official sponsor sponsorships available um, you know tell you exactly what you get out of each one but just consider supporting in any way so we could please work on this freedom fight together so i don't have to start taking paid cases uh that take away from my time and resources um just to be able to pay my my bills but um anyway i um I appreciate the chat in here. It's been great today. And again, for those of you who are going to listen to it later or watch it later um, on one of the other platforms, I'm not sure why we didn't quite uh, make it um, to those, but uh, we will at least get it uploaded and you can make comments, um, of course, in those videos later. Thank you so much for joining us today. Again, I'm Constitutional Attorney Catherine Henry. It's been a pleasure to fight for freedom with you. And uh, of course, we always love having you on board with us as we continue our weekly quest to restore freedom. Have a great day, everyone.